the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Your hour as we finish off uh, our Christmas edition of the show here, 602-508-0960. Anything you want to talk about, we're here for you. Robin, surprise, you uh, you were telling us about a delectable uh, Christmas recipe that made you think of your grandmother and uh, oh, yeah. things that made you happy growing up. I love that notion. Things that made yeah. happy. I, I remember I was on an airplane once in a really bad place emotionally, and I, there was some TV show, and it had a, a little boy, I don't know, seven years old, running out with his dog on this talk show or whatever it was, this wonderful dog, probably the happiest dog in the world. It was probably a golden a golden retriever. Yeah. They, 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 you just can't suppress the happiness of a golden retriever. Or this boy. And I thought, you know, that's the mood to be in all the time. Like, you know, we can, we, can, we can fix ourselves that way. But I liked the notion of going back to things that made you happy as a kid. That's a, that's a, that's a nice thing to talk about. Oh, I, I thought so, especially in light of the season and especially in light of all the downer info that we keep getting. And, of course, the, the Trump uh, presidency apparently uh, coming to an end, although, you know, there's still people that believe that somebody's going to pull a rabbit out of a hat. But um, at any rate, uh, things that made me happy growing up was the smell of my grandmother's house. Now, yeah. mm-hmm. um, this is a, uh, well, she was Danish, and there was Scandinavia in general, German. Uh, Germany had a red cabbage recipe. Sweden had a red cabbage recipe. Norway and Finland and I think and Denmark, obviously. Um, and so I, I looked about 15 years ago and I started you know, being like the mad chemist where you start putting together all the different ingredients from, you know, brown sugar to wine, red wine to, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier the onions and the uh, Granny Smith apples and, of course, the red cabbage, which you have to take off some of the top leaves for. And then you got to get some allspice, cinnamon. Um, you have to get some ground cloves and you mix it all together. Oh, and red. Yeah. And uh, apple cider vinegar. And you mix it all together, and you heat it up the night before, which I'm doing right now, for several hours, and uh, it, it creates sort of a, a liquid that sort of starts boiling. And But the smell throughout the house uh, is the kind where, you know, when I'm a kid, 10 years old, growing up in Wisconsin and Danish heritage, and, you know, all of a sudden the house smells like Grandma's house. The other thing I remembered from her house was bubble lights on the Christmas tree. So about 10 or 15 years ago, I started doing that again, uh, putting bubble lights on instead of regular lights on the Christmas tree, because I think they are just so cool. Um, you know, they're, they're different colored uh, liquids, and, and uh, the lights are, you know, reddish, greenish, yellowish, uh, bluish in the, in the liquid colors, and red and orange. And it's just, a, you know, and I do this partly because it makes me happy. But I also am doing it to sort of pass on to, well, by both my daughters. Um, my youngest one's coming tomorrow, and we'll have a Christmas Eve dinner. 
Uh, one is in Santa. Mo- one is from Santa Monica. Where's the other one coming in from? Yeah, she and she's been here since Monday night. So she, I've been uh, you know cooking stuff. She wanted Indian food last night, so I had to you know make uh, the house smell like uh, a tandoori oven. I guess not so, grandmother's it, house. Yeah, <laughs> not grandmother's house, but a dad thing. Mm-hmm. But um, I think those are things where you know we probably need to sort of reflect on things that made us happy, both as kids. And adults, and then also, what what I've been doing obviously is passing on that to the children of you know the next generation, so that they'll have sort of a, a a roots thing where when they are you know having kids or they become grandmas themselves, they can have a house that smells good uh, like when I was growing up. Um, we also, and this is really important, uh, we had. I remember, and I must have been 12 or 13 years old, she would serve us, and you'll appreciate this, Mokin David Concord wine. Why would I appreciate <laughs> that? Well, because it's, it's kosher, for it's, one. doesn't mean it's good. Well, no, it doesn't, but when you're 12 or 13 years old, who cares? Right? Yeah, it's it's just grape uh, juice that makes you loopy. Right, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm, well, with yeah, you. I'm with well, you. I'm with you. Possibly be wrong yeah, with that, right? right. And there, there was another one that did you had, did you ever watch the show Frasier? Of course. Do you see the epi- Do you remember the episode where they had to pretend to be Jewish because if someone Frasier was dating and his mom, I think it was Amy Brenneman, <laughs> and the mom thought he was Jewish, and they all had to pretend, and she asked for some wine, and they poured some sugar in their red wine <laughs> to make it taste <laughs> like quote unquote kosher wine. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, that's that's pretty close. I yeah. think. but um, I didn't even think Mogan David existed anymore. So one of the, one of the things that I was looking online for was uh, that, and also there was a, a Danish uh, cherry wine called Cherry Kiafa. So my oldest daughter, who obviously in Santa Monica, she has access to a lot of uh, funky little uh, wine stores and so forth. She brought a bottle of each. So again, we can we can have that on our Christmas dinner. Um, which, again, will be sort of major flashbacks of my own childhood, but, again, more importantly, passing it on to the next generation yeah. so that they'll have some sort of, I don't know, cultural stability in these very unstable cultural times, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, and, and I remember, too, as a kid, I didn't even care that much for the red cabbage. I just liked the way the house smelled because it smelled so good as it was cooking. Well, I, I just think it's a really great suggestion. Think about things that made you happy as a child and try to recreate yeah. them. Um, oh, yeah. I, I really do like that idea. Bubble lights, they came around, I think, in World War II or around then, I think, is when they started. Anyway, that I, I, I can, I can imagine, imagine all that stuff making your house really um, emotionally warm. I think it's a great idea, Rob. I think it's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, and again, it's a suggestion. I think, you know, the leadership, you know, maybe they should – think about you know we maybe step away at least for the next week or so between christmas and new year's step away from all the craziness yeah. in washington yeah and maybe think about instead okay what was it that made us happy that's a great what great great piece now? of advice i i i bet yeah. it's really unique i bet no one has suggested it on radio this year or this week even and i think it's a really great great concept you know i think it's a great concept well, I it's, like it's one version of adults acting like children i can get behind one version of it <laughs> And everybody has an inner kid. They just need to let it out every now and then. 
and the holidays are perfect for it. Yeah, they really are. They really are. They really are. But it's anyway, a great God idea. God bless you. Have a very Merry Christmas. Well, thank you And um, I'm sure we'll be in touch again. I'm sure we will. And to you and your family, thank you for, uh, you know, <clears throat> you and every one of you, every one of you, in listening audience, in calling audience, every single one of you, you know, we all we all kept it together. You know, we kept it together in the most trying of years, economically, I'm sure, emotionally, uh, politically, uh, socially, um, in so many ways. I don't know a single person that didn't have a bad year. I, I just don't. Uh, and, Bill, you're one of the most positive, upbeat guys I know. You would not say you had a good year, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. I don't know a single person who can say they had a good year. And uh, we held it together by being together. It, it's an important thing. It's it's actually part and parcel of my angst and complaint, not to mention my diatribes, against the effort to socially isolate us since about March. It's one of the least healthy things you can do, as Zudi likes to point out. Prison is an, being in prison is an unnatural condition for an adult. Now think about it for a kid and how much worse it is when we did that to the kids. But when you look at the depression rates and you look at the addiction uh, and substance abuse rates and you look at the self-harm rates and you look at the um, violence, domestic violence rates, um, I even think, gosh knows, an element of the riots may be responsible, for, uh, may, may be re re resultant of some of the lockdown shutdown stuff. We've put people in an unnatural condition. We've put them in prison. We've put the innocent in prison and we've quarantined the healthy. Totally unnatural. Um, that has that has created such a horrible year. You know, I think we can deal with the virus. I think healthy people, normal people can deal with the virus the way C.S. Lewis said we could deal with it. I'll do that when we come back. But by we keeping it together, staying with each other, talking it out, not letting the flag down, holding it up, expressing honestly our views, and that includes talking about how depressed we were, we were able to, to the degree we remained healthy, we were able to do it that way, sticking together. In a time of social isolation, Thank God for mediums like talk radio and audiences like you. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. 602-508-0960. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 602-508-0960. That point, we could, have, we, we, we could survive a virus much easier than we could survive everything we did around it. And I was saying, and I rhetorically was saying, how the way the way C.S. Lewis instructed us in 1939, when he was talking about the advent of uh, of um, not 1939, I'm sorry, 1944, when he was talking about the advent of I'm still getting the date wrong, 45, when he was talking about the advent of of nuclear weaponry, atomic bomb. And he said, in one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age? I'm tempted to reply, why, as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have lived in Viking age 
when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night, or indeed as you all are already living in the age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all who you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented. And quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. We had indeed one very great advantage over our ancestors' anesthetics. And we have that still. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of a painful death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. This is the first point to be made, and the first action to be taken is to pull yourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb or a virus, let that bomb or virus, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs and viruses. They may break our bodies. Any microbe can do that, but they need not dominate our minds. That's what I'm talking about. And, of course, as you said to me during the break, Bill, even prison, the worst thing about the unnatural condition of prison is if you want to make that worse, what's the worst thing you do to someone in prison? You put them in isolation there, too. Solitary. Solitary confinement. I was uh, thinking um, this pregnant week as we go into the Christmas holiday, the feel of it so different from any other year I remember. Is that true of you, Bill? It may not be. You don't have to say yes. Does it feel different than any other year you remember? It does. And it's not as if every year is the same, but they had a certain what to them, a certain something to them that this year doesn't have quite, does it? We've had terrible years before. You think about the Christmas right after Pearl Harbor, let's say, Christmas 1941. I wasn't obviously here for that. And you think about what people might have been thinking then or going through then or the emotions of the country then. You think about that terrible school shooting right before Christmas a couple of few years back Sandy Hook but go to 41 with me if you will World War II just put America in it the, Jap- the Japanese did Christmas time 1941 Winston Churchill went to Washington D.C. to the White House and he broadcast this to the American people from the White House. He said, Churchill, I spend this anniversary and festival far from my country, far from my family, yet I cannot truthfully say that I feel far from home. Whether it be the ties of blood on my mother's side or the friendships I have developed here over many years of active life or the commanding sentiment of comradeship in the common cause of great peoples who speak the same language, who kneel at the same altars, and to a very large extent pursue the same ideals. I cannot feel myself a stranger here in the center 
and at the summit of the United States, I feel a sense of unity and fraternal association, which added to the kindliness of your welcome convinces me that I have a right to sit at your fireside and share your Christmas joy. This is a strange Christmas, he continued. Almost the whole world is locked in deadly struggle, and with the most terrible weapons which science can devise, and the nations advance upon each other. Ill would it be for us this Christmas tide, if we were not sure that no greed for the land or wealth of any other people, no vulgar ambition, no morbid lust for material gain at the expense of others had led us to the field. Here, in the midst of war, raging and roaring over all the lands and seas, creeping nearer to our hearts and homes, here, amid all the tumult, we have tonight the peace of the Spirit in each cottage home and in every generous heart. Therefore we may cast aside for this night at least the cares and dangers which beset us, and make for the children an evening of happiness in a world of storm. Here, then, for one night only, each home throughout the English-speaking world should be brightly lighted island of happiness and peace. Let the children have their night of fun and laughter. Let the gifts of Father Christmas delight their play. Let us grown-ups share to the full in their unstinted pleasures before we turn again to the stern task and formidable years that lie before us, resolved that by our sacrifice and daring these same children shall not be robbed of their inheritance or denied their right to live in a free and decent world. Makes you stop and think, doesn't it? Makes you pause. Makes you kind of wish we taught Churchill to the kids these days. Makes you think a lot of things. But we know how to do this. And we know the right sentiments, even in the hardest of times, even in self-imposed, as opposed to December 41. That's the interesting distinction. While this mood, this, what would you call it, looming cloud or darkened cloud over our culture and our country. While we have it now as we had it in 1941, the difference is we didn't cause it in 1941. One might say we didn't cause it. This year, either the Chinese did, but what we did in response caused an awful lot of clouds, an awful lot of darkness, which we are still now fighting over how to deal with in Washington, of course. And every response seems worse than the one before. You think about how everyone was looking forward to a stimulus bill. Now no one's even happy about that, rightfully, by the way. Everything seems to be worse than the thing before we were looking forward to the election. No one's happy about that, obviously. No one's happy about a lot of things, but there is cause for happiness. And um, we do it together. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Not too late. It's never too late to do something good for yourself, health-wise. And uh, that's why I'm such a big fan of Balance of Nature. It's just such a great product. Just take it once a day, and you get you get, you get get 10 servings of 31 different fruits and vegetables. Mango, apple, banana, blueberry, orange, pineapple, papaya, zucchini, spinach, carrots, broccoli, on and on. 
great, potent, healthy stuff. And they have a smoking great deal. I just love the deal they have right now. Free shipping and 35% off, more than a third off, any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies. A preferred order gets you a free health coach, gets you guaranteed wholesale pricing for the life of your um, subscription to Balance of Nature. Give them a call at 800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code BALANCE. It's a fabulous thing. You know, um, Donald Trump is issuing more pardons and good, good. Justice, justice shalt thou seek. And there was a lot of injustice this um, past four years that was done to people who affiliated with, made the made the grand error of just working to help elect and enact the policies of Donald Trump's presidency. Um, I'm glad he's doing it. And, um, you know, there's, 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 there's a practice, more or less. I don't think it's anything formal, but it's, it's a practice, more or less, about with, in radio where you don't, you don't, Talk a lot on your own network about another network. You just, you know, you don't criticize them. You don't praise them. You just you kind of maintain your lane, if you will. But all of us in radio, whether it's this station or any other talk radio station, owes everything, owes its existence practically to one man um, named Rush Limbaugh. And... um he um, he went through a hard year, a very hard year, and said some things today on his own broadcast that um, I want to share with you. He said in his uh, last broadcast of this year, as I understand it, that um, my point is gratitude. My point in all this is to say thanks and tell everybody involved how much I love you from the bottom of a sizable and growing and still beating heart. I wasn't expected to be alive today, he said. I wasn't expected to make it to October and then to November and then to December. And yet here I am. And today got some problems, but I'm feeling pretty good. I can't be self-absorbed about it. When that is the tendency, when you are told that you've got a due date, you have an expiration date. A lot of people never get told that. So they don't face life that way. But it's never time to panic, folks. There's never ever going to be a time to give up on anything, including our country. It'll never be time to give up on yourself either. Trust me. So uh, for those of us and you who pray, I would certainly ask that we put him in our prayers as well. You think about... You think about things, institutions, people, conservatism, back to the first thing I talked about today, couldn't be with conservatism today, couldn't be without. I could off the top of my head tell you Bill Buckley, Barry Goldwater, Ronald Reagan. You have to add to that list. There are others. There are others. But you would have to add to that list Rush Limbaugh. You have to. Especially given what I said earlier, which is when you think about what institutions we conservatives have, it's um, decreasingly few. 
you name me an institution that we have. The only one I can think of is talk radio. I know some some people will say religion. I don't know. I don't know about that anymore. I don't know about the churches and synagogues anymore. My bet is that we don't have them. That's my bet. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Um, if you're looking to buy a house, if you're looking to sell your house, or having a hard time selling the one you have up for sale right now, do call my friend James Wexler of JMG Real Estate. He'll turn that all around for you. If you're selling, he has a proprietary and state-of-the-art marketing technology. If you're buying, he has a private database of homes that soon go on the market. Um, give James Wexler a call at 480-386-0711. He guarantees to sell your home at market value or pay the difference. And he can also make you an upfront guaranteed offer within a day of reaching out to him. Visit him online if that's easier, jameswexler.com. That's jameswexler, W-E-X-L-E-R.com. Tom is in Mesa. Hello, Tom. Hi, Seth. Thanks for taking my call. Of Listen, course. I just wanted to thank you for your show. I listen every day. I call only infrequently, but I I just want to thank you for what you do. Oh, Um, gosh, thank you. You know, it's, it's not been a good year uh, earlier and you've made it, you've made it better. And I just want to wish you Godspeed and, and happy Hanukkah. And, uh, well, Tom, that brings a tear to my eye. It does. I, I am a little bit here tearing up when you say something like that, because first of all, just thank you. I, I don't know how to take those kinds of things well. So I've learned people say, just say thank you. So thank you. But know that I wish there were a better word for it, um, because it's it's meaningful to me. But it's all of you. You know, I don't you can't do this without without an audience. Um, I used to joke that, you know, there was an old beer called Olympia beer and it said, it's the water, you know, that made it good. It's the audience here. It's the callers. It's everyone. You, it, Adam Crowley was talking the other day about the problem of talking when there isn't an audience. Um, it's like playing racquetball with a curtain. You can't do it. It's all of you. And, um, you know, we found something that we had in common here together, all of us, didn't we? Um, we don't always agree on everything, but we have a general philosophy of life that you don't find everywhere outlets everywhere and as i said it's our last institution that i can think of civil institution that i can think of where we can do this and it it just means a ton to me that you you you're part of it and every one of you in in listening in listening reach is part of it so i i thank you and merry christmas to you tom happy hanukkah whichever is more appropriate but you know, it's it. Um, I, it didn't dawn on me until I said it one or two segments ago. I think it was two segments ago. It didn't dawn on to me until I said the fact that I don't know anyone who can say this was a good year. And what a terrible thing when you think about the evolution of our lives, our worlds, the developments of technology, science, the creature comforts we have access to, um, even. What I'm guessing is, 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 is a decent or better financial situation for a lot of people. It may have gone a little south, but, you know, every year the country tends to do a little bit better in the aggregate. Even with all those blessings going on, it was such a year of so many losses that we, no one I know can say it was a good year. Not in any way. Isn't that an amazing thing, Tom? It's true. I'm the same way. You know, it's just been... It has been dismal, and I, again, I want to thank you for well, thank you. 
a little bit brighter. Thanks. Thanks. We we get through these things together. Um, that's how we do it. That's what that's you know what what whatever whatever tragedy comes our way or your way, whether it's um, self self brought on you know by our own actions or not, whether it's an act of God or an act of man, um, you know it, it. We're not meant to be alone. It says it in the oldest, wisest book I know. Maybe not the oldest. One of the wisest, though. You know, man should not be alone, we're, we're, which is part of the craziness of this year, too. You know, this instructed isolation and shame, shame on these people that did this to us. Um, shame on these people that did this to us and shame on them for not doing it to themselves. Heritage just put out a list of policymakers for breaking their own rules. Governor Gina Raimondo of Providence Attends social event at bar, takes off mask despite closing bars and mask mandates. Tom Tunney, alderman in Chicago, Illinois, um, allows indoor dining at a restaurant he owns. He owns. California lawmakers observe social distancing at swearing-in ceremony on December 7th and go to dinner together. Uh, judge in Dallas pushes mask wearing but officiates a wedding while taking his mask off. December 4th. I mean, on and on it goes. Governor John Bell Edwards of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. No masks, not masking himself in public while enforcing it on others. Dr. Deborah Burke, say what you want. I give her credit for actually resigning over this. You know, she said yesterday some things I don't agree with, saying, you know, she couldn't take what was being done to her family. She did this to other families, uh, and she did it to herself, uh, traveling uh, out of state. Uh, for Thanksgiving, while she told other families not to. But at least she took the medicine. At least, you know, I'll, I'll give I'll give credit to that. I will. You know, I'm going to resign. Now, I don't know if she's resigning over that or over the fact that she can't take the criticism, but at least she's got some spoonful of humility in her to at least walk away. Um, you know, humility in all of this, would go an awfully long way. A little bit of humility in all of this, um, whether it's from Joe Biden or whether it's from Nancy Pelosi or whether it's from anyone who's mandating things on us that are unnatural and put a stress on us, especially when we know it's mostly unnecessary. Um, it's as if we've learned nothing as we go forward, so we make worse and worse and worse decisions. Uh, Nancy Pelosi yesterday, did you see this quote yesterday? I'm counting down the hours till Trump's gone. I plan to pull him out of there by his hair, his little hands, and his feet. Is she losing it? Or is that just another Democrat talking about unity? I'm counting down the hours till he's gone. I plan to pull him out of there by his hair, his little hands, and his feet. I don't know if we learn enough here. I, I just don't know. I don't know if people learn. I don't know if they're impervious to good news. I don't know if they're impervious to education. I don't know if they're impervious to what the people they supposedly represent think. There aren't a lot of Republicans in her district. I bet there's one. I bet there's more than one. 
I plan to pull him out of there by his hair, his little hands, and his feet. Who talks like that? We'll be right back. Thanks for spending some of your day with us. Um, means the ton, a ton to me. Um, I saw breaking news. Sad. Another sad moment here, uh, if you will bear with me. Um, former city council member, Phoenix City Council member Calvin Good passed away today at the age of long life. I, um, he was a part of my childhood in, in an interesting way. Some of you know the story of when I almost got kicked out of high school my senior year and couldn't graduate because I was protesting on behalf of Martin Luther King. And um, it was it was quite a moment. If you have access to the old newspapers, I think I was, me and two other friends, uh, three other friends that I can think of, maybe four, we were featured in the paper for a few days on this because we were all threatened to not graduate. And a few people stood up for us, and of course we did graduate. But I remember calling Calvin Good uh, because he was in... Um, black member of the Phoenix City Council at the time, and I asked him to come to the school and give us a talk on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and he did. And we had a, I'll never forget meeting him, I'll never forget that moment, but um, uh, rest in peace, sir, and uh, thank you for your service to our city, our state, and our country. I'll just close the show with the words of Winston Churchill at the White House, um, or close it the words he broadcast on the radio in December of 1941, let us grown-ups share to the full in their unstinted pleasures before we turn again to the stern task in the formidable years that lie before us, resolved that by our sacrifice and daring, our children shall not be robbed of their inheritance or denied their right to live in a free and decent world. And so, in God's mercy, a happy Christmas to you all.